Hey everyone and welcome to episode number 29 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you all very much for downloading our show today and tuning in wherever you are right now. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now the massive week continues here on the show as we are still celebrating International Women's Health Week here on the podcast and every day you'll be hearing from some of the strongest, most talented women in our sport both past and present, and either in the pool or with a stopwatch in their hand. And today we have Kiwi star and national record holder Georgia Maris joining us for a chat. I caught up with Georgia a few weeks ago from New Zealand and discussed her awesome career as well as her time over in the US college systems. Also, we touched on her career highlights with the national records and her experience over here in Australia in 2018 at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. So put your feet up for the first time today and take a moment for yourself with us here on the podcast and get ready because Ep 29 with Georgia Maris starts now. Take your mind. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two part of the New Zealand national team until only just recently. She has broken a number of New Zealand national records, including the 100 and 200 freestyle during her career. And in the 2018 Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast, she competed in the 100 metres butterfly. It's a massive welcome to Off the Block Swimming podcast to Georgia Maris. Georgia, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you going? I'm very, very good, mate. Now, um, what are you up to today? Because uh, I know, um, and we'll get into it in a minute, that you're, you're not actually training at the moment. So what are you, what are you getting up to these days? Uh, so at the moment, I work in marketing for a winery. I'm currently working from home because we've just gone back into level three. But mm. yeah, just yeah, working for a winery. I was going to ask about that. You guys are back into lockdown. Do you have any sort of clarity around when that's going to ease up when you can get back to a bit of normality over there again uh yeah so they said that we're going to come out next thursday and uh, hopefully that stays on track it seems like they've like contained a lot of the um cases at the moment but yeah. Yeah, hopefully we go back to level two on thursday yeah you guys are really strict over there i heard it was only like was it like four cases and that was it it was like shut everything down i think we've only just gone down to four cases the other day here in sydney and we're we're still getting about so um different ways to skin a cat i guess but you guys are keeping the the numbers down so i think your way is proving most effective um with the winery business mate do you want to give it a plug i know it's your your family's business uh, yeah, so uh, my dad started a company called Morisco Vineyards. Um, so we make Vineyard, Leafield Station, King Series and Craft Series. And my sisters have always been a bit more involved because they weren't swimming and, you know, they had the time to fly down to Marlborough. So all of them have done a vintage and I'm the only one that hasn't. Um, and when I came back from Florida um, and didn't have a job... <laughs> 
um, and was still swimming. I started working part-time with my dad and just helping out around. And uh, when I retired, I was still loving what I was doing and getting more responsibility. So um, I just decided to stick with it. And, um, and I get to fly down to Blenheim, obviously not at the moment, but I get to fly down to Blenheim a bit and see what's going on and learning more about the business, which is really awesome. Fair bit of taste testing going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lisa, I want to get into it because obviously, and we, we've discussed this off air, that recently you decided to, to step away from the pool indefinitely, I guess is a nicer way of saying retiring. But, you know, you're still only young, so we don't know. So I'm going to say indefinitely. Um, how much of that was to do with the fact that the Olympics got pushed back, coronavirus happened, everything sort of blew up at, at, at the same time? Um, honestly, I made the call before we even knew about the Olympics being pushed back, which I mean, that's a blessing for myself. Obviously, it's really hard on the athletes that were planning to go ahead and compete. Mm. Um, for me, it was kind of good that I made the call without knowing that the Olympics would be pushed back because then I knew that that was me done and I'd made that decision on my own without any influences and um, yeah, I kind of just got to the point where I knew that I was done. I was having, you know, troubles with my shoulders, which, you know, everyone does. But if I really wanted to keep going, I would have pushed through and really given it a good shot. So I'm happy that I made the call when I did. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel sorry for everyone else that was going for the Olympics. If you were still in there now, do you think you'd be going with, with training and, and having, you know, obviously there was a break from training, the people had to train at home and all this sort of stuff. If you were still in there looking at 2021, how do you think you'd be handling all of this craziness? Uh, yeah, I think that it definitely would have been tough, definitely. Um, not being able to train and I know that you lose the feel of the water so fast in swimming. It's not like runners who can go out and just train like if you're not in the pool you really lose the feel of the water so I think I would definitely would have been struggling um you know in my in my last couple of years in Florida I really noticed that I love doing uh like Olympic lifting lots of weights um so I think I would have been able to carry on with that and then probably get on the bike a bit to keep fit but I definitely would have struggled yeah now, something I like to do here on the show, mate, is take the guests back to the beginning because I think it gives a good appreciation of, of where you've gotten to now and gives all the younger listeners out there, um, you know, a chance to hear where you've been and go, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm there too of New Zealand listeners. Um, we have quite a few. I hear in, in, in my research that you were, you were taught by someone very famous over in New Zealand. Is that true? Someone very famous? Yeah, Philippa Gould. Is that right? Oh, yes, yes, Pip Gould, sorry, <laughs> way back, that is way yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, I think you were six or something, were you, five or six? Uh, no, yeah, no, when I was really, really young, um, you know, my mum knew her, so I was taught by her, um, which was amazing, but at the time, you know, I was very young, so I had yeah. no idea who she was <laughs> and how famous she was. Yeah, um, yeah no, that that's quite cool to know and when I went over to Florida she actually sent me a card and said good luck like um kind of you've got this um so yeah no it was really really cool to just know that I've been taught by one of the best yeah very awesome um I'd say the the earliest I can remember swimming though <laughs> yeah yeah would be when I was in the year five swimming sports um 
I kind of didn't really, wasn't a big swimmer. Um, like I didn't really know. I just kind of had, had lessons like everyone else. And then I guess took to it without realizing. And then year five swimming sports, uh, year four didn't do very well. Year five suddenly won. And that was kind of where it started for me. Kind of a junior swimmer were you in the squads? Uh, I know as a coach and, and all the people listening will know this. If you look within your squad, there's lots of different characters around. There's the guys at the front who know the, the pace clock and everyone relies on them religiously to get them through every session so they don't have to think for themselves. There's the ones at the back. There's the ones in the middle, the loud ones. What were you like as a, as a younger swimmer in squads? Um, so when I suddenly got uh, one swimming sports and started you know, getting into training and I swam at like King's Prep, which is just up the road from me. And then um, they asked if I wanted to join the squad swimming, which was called Metro at the time, which was coached by Paul Kent. And I was quite a lot younger than all the other swimmers. So I think, you know, starting off, I was probably a bit shy and timid. Um, But then, you know, over time, you, I think through the years, suddenly I went back and I was one of the oldest ones there. So I think, yeah, I think we always, you know, swam with boys and stuff. So when I was starting out, I was very shy and timid, but then moving through, you know, I love to race the boys, Um, you know, give that a shot as you do. But um, yeah, I think probably just over the years kind of grew into myself, Um, started testing myself a bit more, Um, probably like 12 probably when I was 12, started pushing myself a bit more in training and getting a bit more serious about it. So, yeah. Did you play any other sports growing up? I did. I actually have a twin sister, identical twin sister. Uh, So we were quite competitive growing up. We uh, had a crack at cycling, uh, went to the nationals in year eight, where she won gold in everything. Very nice. I got uh, gold in the teams, a silver and a bronze and so we were pretty focused on cycling and we went to running nationals but in the end swimming kind of took the lead for me I was kind of like you know I got to the point where the training I just dropped off everything else and swimming was my focus any heroes idols growing up I know for myself a lot I get to talk to a lot of the my uh, heroes growing up on here on the podcast who did you sort of look up to um, so probably 2012 Olympics was, I got really excited to watch, was Katie Ledecky. You know, she was so young and watching her race the way she did was just amazing. Um, and Lauren Boyle, obviously for New Zealand, that was amazing to watch her too. And it was awesome just to see New Zealand get on that, on the world stage like that. And it just kind of drove me to keep training hard and, um, you know, meeting Lauren for the first time, I was like starstruck but um and and I mean the same like when I was over in the states and I got to watch Katie Ledecky was like in the heat in front of me in my first year at a summer meet and I just watched her swim 100 free and 54 and she went like 27 27 and I was like this is insane (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah watching watching them swim like that just made you kind of think that you could do it as well like if they can do it I can give it a crack and yeah Katie Ledecky in the heat before you, you rock up. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, no Here we pressure go. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, uh, when you were in training and it was a super hard session and I ask this cause a lot of younger swimmers do ask this in terms of staying mentally in each session. What did you think about in those tougher sessions? Were you thinking about your goals where you were going to get to, or were you just sort of taking it one effort at a time? 
I'd say more along the lines of one effort at a time. I think sometimes I would get a bit psyched out if I was looking at the big picture too hard. Like I like to kind of just be in my head and um, look at the people around me, race them, be in the moment. Um, I used to play a lot of songs in my head to distract myself. <laughs> um, but no, I did definitely when I was in the zone, I love the feeling of pushing myself and racing. I was a big competitive person, so racing the people next to me was... Um, a good way to keep me going. <laughs> now, I know you trained over in Florida um, uh, with, with coach Greg Troy and, and the Florida University State team. Talk to me about that experience. Firstly, how did it come about? And then give us a little insight for all the Aussies and Kiwi listeners who, you know, obviously train here and, and are in our own sort of club environment. What was it like over there? Um, so I started looking at America as an option because I wanted to do science at university. Um, and I looked into going to university in Auckland at first, um, but you know you had to do a lot of labs. It just seemed like it was going to be quite hard to do. It would have had to be part time, and I would have been at uni for years. So I kind of then started looking to the states. Um, and Corey Main was in Florida already, and um, I kind of reached out to some universities, and his coat, I will my coach too later but um coach Wilby at the time kind of sold me on it um and I gotta say it was not what I expected I just had no idea what to expect when and um but it was amazing I went in halfway through the year so I graduated high school in December and then I flew over to Florida in December so I didn't really get much of a summer break at all yeah um but I'm kind of happy I did it that way I wanted to get straight in stuck in and and get to work um First week I was there, it was a big eye-opener. I probably cried for about three days. <laughs> and then I, you know, and then I was fine. Like I didn't get upset for, for the next few months until I got to come home. Um, it was really amazing. So the first four years I was there, I trained, we trained boys and girls together. And the last year it was just a, the girls team. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was definitely hard training with the boys. I, I see that now looking back. Um, but it was really cool. It was, there were so many of us, so many athletes together, which in New Zealand, it just seemed like our squads were a lot smaller. Um, and, you know, everyone over there was your age and everyone over there was competitive. And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was awesome to be training with everyone doing the same thing as you. And then you would, it would be a lifestyle. You would go to university with them and then you would go and see them at dinner and you, you know, you'd see them all the time and they were like family away from home, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, it was really awesome to train with people your age and people that do, do the same events. Um, everyone, yeah, training with a lot more people that were your speed. So it was a bit of a shock to the system and you had to kind of adapt to that. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really awesome. I love my time in Florida. What about racing over there? And, and I know um, I see a lot of, and the things that I enjoy about watching it and that would make me want to go is that team environment, the team aspect, everything is about the team. Yes, individually, you, you, you know, you're getting a time, but you're doing it for the team. How much did you enjoy that? Yeah, so that was also a big shock to the system. Um, you know, you come from New Zealand where you get ready for your race and, and, and then it goes to everyone is racing together. You know, you, you don't race in a racing suit to start with. You're like dual meets are all in your training suit. And, yeah. um, you know, and you're not racing one race 
you know, you're racing three races um, and everyone's behind you. You know, when you're there, you're not, you're not sitting down, you're on your feet, you're cheering on all your teammates. And it just brought this massive sense of team, which I hadn't really felt. I mean, I def- you definitely do have it in New Zealand, but it's just another level in the States, you know. Yeah. Everyone is supporting everyone. Um, you know, after a race, your teammates are there talking to you about how it went. And yeah, no, the team atmosphere over there was amazing. And it, you just got so hyped up for everything. So it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Now, I mentioned before we started and, and you said you did have some time with coach Greg Troy. Talk to me about your, you know, working with him. He's obviously someone that I consider one of the best coaches ever. What did you learn from him and what did, uh, how did he help, you know, push you to the next level? Yeah, so um, we were kind of, because we had several coaches over there, we were split into groups, you know, I was kind of mid-distance. So coach, the first couple of years I had coach Wilby was my main coach and he was also the women's, like you kind of had head coach and then women's and men's coach. So he was a women's coach. Um, So work with him more closely. But yeah, no, when we went to talk about, goals and things like that and the way you swim races we would talk to Troy as well um it was really amazing he definitely had a lot of insight into you know he opened my eyes really to swim events that I did not want to swim like (laughs) going from the 500 say um and he got me into swimming 200 butterfly um which I'm happy he did, but at the start, I was not that happy. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was awesome, like, um, just learning from him, and he had so much experience behind him, and yeah, it was great. And, and I mean, in the end, uh, my last year there, I had uh, Jeff, Coach Jeff Papel, um, which was awesome, and that was just when we were with the women's team, and, and he also had a lot of wisdom and experience as well, so that was great. How'd you find the difference? Uh, you mentioned there when uh, the first four years, I think you said it was sort of integrated and then the last year was just uh, women's and men's teams separate. Was there a big difference once that change happened? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that I was kind of reluctant when I found out we were going to be switching to just women's team um, because I'd always trained with men my whole life. We, you know, we were together and I would say that I really benefited from it. Um, I, on the other side of it, I'd say that it was a really good move. Uh, I loved then training with, you know, all the women that swam my events and, and being able to be next to each other and push each other. And, um, uh, yeah, I really loved the atmosphere that when it was just women, because you just, you train together all the time, just the women. So the women's team, I felt like became a lot closer. Um, a lot more support from everyone. And, and that's not to say when you're at meets and there's men and women together, you're cheering everyone on from your yeah. team. But yeah, no, I felt like the women's team got a lot closer, which was really nice. Yeah, nice. Mate, give me a few great memories from your time there at Florida University. So it, does, it could be within the competitions, could be just within training. You could have, you know, had some words of wisdom from from one of the superstars that, that gets around pool deck there. What are some of your, you know, greatest memories you look back on? So uh, after every single training, we would go to a training table, which was like our dinner spot. And I just, for me, that sticks out in my mind because, you know, no matter how hard training was, at the end of the day, you could go and eat together and everything yeah. was fine. And, and everyone would kind of be there supporting each other, which I, I loved. Um, 
Another moment for me was probably the relay team at my last SECs in the 4 200 That was just an amazing experience because we all, you know, being part of that team and, uh, you know, I swam, I swam one of my best times and I just think it was the atmosphere and being there and being, being with that women's team the whole year and then being on this relay team, we're all really close. I just felt like it was really, really special. Um, and yeah, uh, when I went to, probably when I went to Colorado Springs, I went up there in 2015 um, with the team that were getting ready for the Olympics, which was awesome. So there was Elizabeth Beisel was there and, and people like that. And I think uh, that was really, that was really special as well, just being next to them training. I mean, I definitely found it hard. <laughs> But yeah, being around them, that was just awesome. Like just watching the way they train, like every little tidbit of information that came out of them, you kind of held on to it. And yeah, no, that was awesome. Now you mentioned 2015 there and in 2015 and 2017, you competed at the World Uni Games. What were those experiences like and what lessons did you take away from those meets? Did you learn anything about yourself in terms of racing? Maybe, you know, in terms of your race plan, you, you managed to, you know, get it right or get it wrong and you had to learn from it? Um, yeah. Well, 2015 <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, 2015 was pretty awesome. That was probably the first time that I'd been at, uh, you know, there was so many athletes there from all these different sports. And, you know, we were staying in these enormous apartment buildings with, you know, the New Zealand team had so many floors and that, and that was it. And you were kind of like this tiny little nation and amongst all these athletes. Um, so it was really, it was really awesome. I was definitely nervous. Um, getting up there and racing but I felt like it was a good gateway into you know trying for the Commonwealth Games or anything because it was I felt it was it was a more of a relaxed meet than because it's university but um, yeah I would say that that 2015 it was nice going back in 2017 knowing what to expect Mm. for sure yeah now I've never been to them do people behave themselves I mean, you just said it's a little bit more relaxed and it's uni games and do people behave themselves? They, I mean, they should. (laughs) But, um, you know, like it's it's interesting, um, you know, having a bar opposite the road or something, you know, uh, that was, I'm 2015, not so much, but, you know, there's just, yeah, it was, I felt when I say more relaxed, I mean, it wasn't like, commonwealth games where you know everyone's super super serious it was i just felt like everyone was having fun and relaxed but still competitive which i really enjoyed yeah mate the thing that made me laugh just then you kind of um when i said 2015 like oh so long ago think of those poor guests i have on when i say mate take me back to 1995 (laughs) and uh what was going through your mind yeah, no, okay. So 2015 wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Maybe that seems like a while ago. Ask no. me 10 years and see what I say. <laughs> now, talk to me about what were your um, favourite events to race and why? So my favourite event probably of all time is the 200 freestyle. Um, I kind of took a liking to it when I was younger. I'd say 13, 14. Um, I liked it. <laughs> Sounds bad, but the reason I think I first went into it was everyone else hated it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh, sorry. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, once again. Hey, talk to me about what your uh, favorite event to race was and why. So I'd have to say it was the 200 freestyle. Um, I took a liking to it quite young. So say 13 or 14. It, it does sound bad, but the reason I think I went into it initially was because everyone else didn't like it. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of that Bernie race in between a sprint and a 400 where you kind of relax a little bit more. But for me, I loved it. Um, you know, I loved, I, I felt like that was really my niche. Like my body just loved, loved that distance. Um, to push yourself and be able to sprint a little bit on the end was, you know, my favorite part of it. Um, yeah, the tone of freestyle, that would, I'd say that would be my favorite event too. But I, I did also really enjoy swimming butterfly. And by the end, last year in Florida, I'd say the 200 fly, I also really enjoyed to swim. Mm. Um, but yeah, freestyle, 203. Well, you mentioned the 200 freestyle there. And for me, I think at times it can be quite interesting to watch because that and say even the, hunt, uh, the 400 freestyle can be very tactical and, you know, who's going out hard, who's staying back. What was your race plan in, say, a 200 freestyle? Yeah, so when I was younger, I, I mean, I thrived off swimming next to someone or just in front of them, say, um, or just behind them, you know, being right with them and knowing that I had something left in the tank. And so the last 50, I just used to love to sprint it. You know, I just used to love, give it everything I've got, you know. Um, interestingly, when you go to the States and you're racing people that swim the same time, if not a hell of a lot faster than you, you know, that race plan kind of had to change. Um, I had to learn how to go out a bit, a bit faster at the front, otherwise you're just left in the dust and then you're too tired to have anything left. And I think I noticed that at World University Games as well. Um, yeah, just learning to go out harder, hold on and still have something left in the tank at the end to give it a good finish. Because yeah, 200 is so interesting. If you do go out too hard, your legs, everything yeah. burns. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, learning, when I went over to the state, learning how to go out fast enough and hold on and still have something left, that was a really, that was an interesting experience. But, you know, I think that's a hard skill to, to have for, you know, anyone that's trying to swim a 200 mm. free. Yeah, there's a lot of trial and error, definitely. There's a lot yeah. of getting it right, getting it wrong, getting it wrong, getting it right, and then you're getting it wrong the next time. You're like, how did I get it wrong this time? I got it right last time. Don't I know it yeah. yet? Yeah, and I mean, I also think that it depends on the day and where you are in your training schedule. Like if you're, you know, if you're training hard and this is just a race that you're just going to do to get better and like you really push yourself, you know, that's going to sting. And then the to when you're tapered down and you're feeling amazing and you're feeling light in the water, it's a completely different race. So yeah, <laughs> getting the tactics right and depending on where you're on your schedule, I think make a huge difference. Absolutely. What about, did you um, have any sort of pre-race playlist? Did you like to listen to music before you race? I did. Um, I, I never really had a set playlist. I think I definitely kind of moved with the times <laughs> you know I wasn't listening to old school or anything um <sighs> was it more music though to like 
calm you down? Because I think everyone's very different in the way they need to prepare and get ready. Some like to get really fired up and have like aggressive music and it might be rap about, you know, doing some God awful things to people, (laughs) Uh, but it might be other people have like super chilled music to like actually go the opposite way. Yeah, no. Okay. So I was kind of like medium ground, I think. Like I wasn't listening to really aggressive stuff and I wasn't (laughs) really mellow. I'd say that I was more like, uh, like flume, you know, like a nice little pump up, you know, like let's get it in. I like to listen to, I'd have like a set list that I'd listen to. And then probably like five minutes before I'd listen to one song on repeat and just listen to it again and and again and again. And it would be like something with a good upbeat that would stick in my head and, you know, it would be a good thing with my stroke rate or it'd just be something just to keep me going. I just have that beat in my head. Did you have any pre-race rituals? Did you have any things that you had to do before your race? Or it might even be the same meal the night before your big meet? Um, I had a stretching routine, which I had like a little bit of um, OCD, like I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like all of my, like in the order. Um, but meal-wise, uh, like tomato, ham, pasta. Always, I could eat if the if the meat was a week long. I could eat it for dinner and lunch every day. <laughs> I was fine. Yeah, no, that was my favorite for sure. Mate, looking back, what about any of your favorite sets to do? Were there any sessions that you really enjoyed? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, I liked in my last year in Florida. Every Wednesday, we would have like a test, kind of like test set, um, and that I really enjoyed those ones we had um you know ones that were like 30 say 3050s and you'd be like two two on pace one easier and we did that through my whole year really uh whole time in florida really but uh, i'm trying to think now (laughs) no you're right were there any like certain sessions like did you enjoy speed speed sessions where you know, you just had to go super fast and got heaps of rest so you could have a chat. And it was, I've had a few people on here say recovery sessions were their favorite <laughs> ones. <laughs> yes, Wednesday nights was our recoveries, which I enjoyed. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, I definitely, I liked, to, I liked putting on a suit and training, you know, like when you're getting ready and that would be normally our Saturday mornings, I'd like to put a suit on and I'd like to, you know, we would do like say 250s or then like 150 and and swimming those distances that you know it's not race distance but it's still like testing yourself and you're pushing yourself and you just feel amazing after training really hard all week but um yeah yeah that that type of session but also like more race race pace stuff i enjoy depending on Monday morning, sometimes we'd do like a fly session. I know it sounds weird, but sometimes I'd really enjoy doing like a mix of drills and then like chilled fly, like with a snorkel on or something. Yeah. But yeah, normally the race pace stuff was my favorite. Hey, now listen, I didn't know we were doing this interview with somebody else in the room. Who was that? Who was that that just walked past before? (laughs) Oh, that was my dog, Alvie. <laughs> He's been a bit naughty today. He actually got out of the house and I was calling for him and he I walked up to the gate and he's just standing outside the gate. So yeah, I've kept him inside now. No, it's all right. I was hoping he actually stayed on camera for a little bit longer so that we I was gonna introduce him. But he's he's yeah. wandered around. Yeah, so I'm sure he'll come back. 
Yeah, he will. He's been like very sleepy now that he's stuck inside with me. But he's yeah. good company, you know, my partner's at work and so I'm at home by myself with the dogs. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about 2018 Commonwealth Games in the Gold Coast. How was that experience for you? Firstly, you know, how much did you enjoy it and what did you take away from that meet? Yeah, that was amazing that was an amazing experience you know like from we had the trials in december which we don't normally do um and uh as soon as i made it i just couldn't believe it you know it was really awesome experience um very different with the size of the stands i couldn't believe how big the stands and and being outside that was i mean i'd raced outside in florida but being being out outside with with this huge grandstand around you was really amazing, um, and all the media, um, it was just a totally different experience. Um, racing, I think I probably got quite nervous before, um, but I mean, nerves nerves are a good thing, you know. They they push you to go harder and faster. Um, I do wish that I had the chance to do another international meet like that after going to the Commonwealth Games, but um, I'm pretty happy where I am now. <laughs> any cool stories from that meet? Did you any sort of experiences there? What might have been in the, the athlete's village? I don't know. The, I'm assuming the village isn't quite as big as an Olympic village, but I'm, I actually think it would probably be more of a fun uh, environment, a bit more like those uni games relaxed <laughs> environments. Do you have any, uh, any stories around that? Yeah, so there was like a games type room, which we went in once and didn't really go back, but I think it was kind of cool, like, I mean, the food hall was what we'd kind of experienced at uni games before, but it was quite massive. Um, the There was also like a little food place kind of closer to our building because the New Zealand team was like way back at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's quite a bit of walking involved, but the, the little food place closer to ours was kind of interesting. They had like emu and like some... I think crocodile or some types of weird meat. And I was like, that is very interesting. I'm not going to try that until after I race. I can assure you it's not normal. That's, you don't just go to Coles and pick up your emu meat. That's not oh, what really? happens. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but that was, it was quite, it was quite cool. Um, I think it was awesome also being kind of close to, close to home, like the uh, World Uni Games that I've been to were Taipei and South Korea. So that was, they were pretty far away and pretty foreign. So yeah. I found it nice to be in a place, um, you know, my grandparents have an apartment over there. So I'd been over there a couple of times and it was just kind of like familiar, but still different. And yeah, I think <laughs> a takeaway from the swimming side of things, I swimming the, I probably wouldn't do this again, swim the 100 fly and then the relay quite soon after that was that hurt mm. <laughs> um but it was still awesome to be able to race um freestyle and butterfly and and on the relay team there that was yeah that's amazing now apologies to all the listeners who can hear a motorbike hooning around my house uh, if it keeps going i will pause it and go outside and um <laughs> Tell him to move on. Yes, uh, they they choose great times to do things like this. Last time I had someone who wanted to mow his lawn just as I clicked record. So uh, obviously you guys did a really good job there on uh, at the Gold Coast. And in 2019, the NZ team went on to have a great world champs as well. From the outside looking in, it looks like you guys are in a great place 
you got you've been involved in it. You, you're over there now. You get to see how how all of those guys are doing. Give me your thoughts on where the team is now and where you can sort of see them heading in the next four or five years. Well, look, I'm really I'm really excited where it's heading. Like, I think. Um, I would really love more swimmers to be involved in New Zealand. I think it's a great sport. It's tough, but it's great. Like learning to swim even is a such an awesome skill, especially since we're surrounded by water. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm really excited to see what will happen. Um, you know, being with Karina Doyle on the team and um, I know that she's she trains really hard, so I'm excited to see how she swims. Um, Erica obviously is swimming amazingly, um, and she's still very young, which I, I'm really excited to see how she goes. And then Ellie coming back from the States. Um, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, I really hope that – I'm just excited to watch it, really. I know that I'm going to have a little tear in my eye, but <laughs> – but, yeah, no, I'm excited to see how everything progresses and I still want to be involved in the swimming community. Um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I think we'll stay in touch anyway, mate. So over the next few years, we'll definitely get your insights and your thoughts on how the team's going, that's for sure. Away from swimming um, and obviously away from your job, which we spoke about before, what do you get up to? What do you like to do to sort of unwind and get away from everything? Um, yeah, so I am a family of four girls, <laughs> um, and I think my dad wanted wanted a boy, <laughs> so we kind of grew up fishing and hunting and doing all that kind of stuff, and my partner is really keen fisherman, so I do love going fishing. Um, I He's kind of teaching me how to surf. I'm not very good, but I enjoy it. <laughs> Um, I do like skiing, um, got my dive ticket. Um, yeah, I would say that I'm quite outdoorsy. Um, yeah. love kind of those activities. I just started Pilates, which I'm kind of struggling with, but <laughs> yeah, it's still fun. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm sure you girls are lovely, but I, I do have to feel for your dad. I've got a daughter, just one daughter myself, but I, I know when my wife and my daughter gang up on me, I think, well, great. So did, did he have... Uh, a man cave that he was able to escape to just to have some alone time, some man time? <laughs> well, we do have a cottage down in Marlborough because our vineyard and wineries are based in Marlborough. And so kind of when we were going to school and things like that, he'd, you know, fly down there a lot to <laughs> get business. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but, yeah, no, he definitely went down there. He's, um, I think, at the same time, like, with our hunting Every time one of us shoots a deer, he's like all into like getting the head mounted and yeah. and putting it everywhere. And Mum's like, "Oh my god, there's a boar there, there's <laughs> a deer there." But um, yeah, no, I think he's definitely tried to turn the cottage a little bit into his man cave. But now my older sister lives there, so not so much. <laughs> yeah. Now I think you'd be super qualified in terms of giving advice around this. A lot of athletes out there are either at high school or going into uni. Um, and trying to find the balance because obviously at an elite level, there's a lot of time that's dedicated to training, whether you're in the pool, in the gym, maybe it's doing yoga or things away from, from the pool as well. But also, you know, at that level of schooling and, and uni, you know, you've got to make sure you're, you know, dedicating a lot of time into that as well. Talk to me about finding the balance. Was it hard for you? Did you struggle with that? And did you start to work it out towards the end? Yes, I'd say... Um... I probably struggled most at 
school. My school was quite good with me whenever I had competitions and stuff, they were quite lenient. Um, I'd say that going to the States for me was a really good move. Um, you know, they've really nailed the system between doing academics. We had an awesome ac academic advisor named Tim who put you in classes surrounding, surrounding training. And, um, you know, there were definitely some tough times like with university study, I did have some all-nighters for uni and then have to train. But yeah, finding the balance, I'd say, you know, if you're really passionate about swimming, you do stick to it and you do make things work. I found it easy in the States having my team around me because you get that socializing time with people that you're always seeing and people that are going through the same thing as you. So I think definitely talk to your teammates. That that helps a lot because they're going through the same thing as you. Um, taking, utilize your weekends. Mm. That is a time where you can relax and chill and do the things that you want to do. So if you've got hobbies that you love, I'd say go and get out there and do them on the weekends um, and refresh. And then you can come back to the pool fresh and in a good mindset. Yeah. Great advice. Now I like to finish all of my chats with some less serious questions, just stuff to get to know you a little bit more away from sort of swimming. So I'm just going to throw these out there. And the first thing that pops to mind, you, you throw it back. So it doesn't matter if you think it's lame or it's not cool. Uh, there's no judgment here. So you throw it straight back. So talk to me about your favorite music to listen to. Used to be, I went through a stage quite recently listening to George FM, which is drum and bass. And then I listened to that way too much and now I'm definitely over it. Um, um, now probably I like more chill. I do like some Matt Corby, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like David Gray. Pop that in there sometimes. Okay. But yeah, more chill stuff than. I know. Uh, I know the boys that I've had on are all around the DMB. Uh, they love that sort of stuff, and I had no idea. I, I just I wrote it down and and uh, googled it one day and YouTube and listened to a few. But yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, <laughs> what about favorite movies? Favorite movies. Yeah. Um, I I actually love action movies, uh, comedy action movies. Um, Sound it's quite embarrassing, but I probably watched the Avengers movies like all of them in a row, probably about three times, and it's good because my partner like loves them as well, so it's okay. Don't know how embarrassing it is, mate, because I'm pretty sure it's like one of the most um, was it didn't it break all the records uh, at the box office for most probably. money made and things like that? So yeah. I don't. Okay, I don't think I'm you're alone. I take it back. I'm not embarrassed. I love no, it. No, just, yeah, own it. That's right. Own <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> were you sad at the end? Obviously, old mate died and, and it's the end of the Avengers. Yeah. Were you sad? Yeah, no, I was. Um, wasn't really expecting that. I'm kind of like hanging out to see what Marvel comes out with next. I think like yeah. they're doing the Black Widow or something, you know, just to see how they mm -hmm. carry on with things. Apologies I if I gave that away for anyone. That, hence why I said <laughs> old mate died. I said old mate, so no one knows no, who no old way. mate is. Old <laughs> mate could be anyone. There's a lot of males in, in that movie. Uh, <laughs> what about some of your favourite countries you visited? Ooh. Are you going to be offended if I don't say Australia? No. I actually, I find people say Australia and I think, is he, are you being genuine? Because I feel like you're just saying Australia straight away because you're on a, an Australian podcast. So no, I'm not offended. Um, 
Well, actually, to be fair, after Commonwealth Games, I went up to Port Douglas for about a week, which was quite cool. Um, yeah. Went to the Great Barrier Reef. I was, I was a bit disappointed. I feel like I didn't. It's so like bone white now, and yeah, that's so sad. Um, yeah. But that's a I, whole other podcast around yeah, what, what's happening there. <laughs> <laughs> I could put my views in there as well, but yeah, we'd be going for another hour. So, yeah. um, I did find it quite interesting going to places like South Korea. Um, you know, the huge language barrier. Um, it was very strange and a new experience to me, but also really cool just to see another culture. Mm. Um, Little known fact, Georgia, that yeah. this podcast is number one in South Korea for swimming oh, podcasts. So Awesome. Hello, I mean, South Korea. I think there's about 70 people that have listened. So, <laughs> so, or it could be one person who's very happy and downloaded 70 times. But, uh, they, you know, hello to South Korea. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I agree with you. They're a great country. Yeah. Um, also, I my mum gets really cold, so we used to go skiing and now – like a few years ago, she got really into going to like Hawaii. Um, yeah. Enjoy that. Um, I they got good shopping in Hawaii. I hear they got good shopping over yeah, there too. It's like a big shopping mall, like down the road from where a lot of people stay, and it's massive. Yeah, I did enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> what about favorite TV shows to binge watch? Oh, I just was been watching Kingdom. That fighting. One, the yep. MMA fighting one. Um, I'm probably on season two at the moment. Um, I don't tend to watch like um, sp- sports focused TV yep. shows, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else I watched. I watched Peaky Blinders for a bit. Um, my partner was into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I binge, once I start series, I tend to binge binge watch <laughs> i find it um i find it odd around binge watching stuff because um when the michael jordan documentaries came out they only put out two episodes a week and i actually really enjoyed that because it reminded me of like um back when i was younger and you had your favorite tv show that it was only on a tuesday night or something so you got really excited for that tuesday night but mm-hmm. i am with you in terms of binge watching like when you know your favorite se- uh, season is coming on yeah. And then you just get to smash it all in one night or two days or whatever. That's exciting too. So kind of yeah, feel no, like we've lost I'd, it a little bit. I'd say like, you know, when you're younger and like, we used to watch Friends and then we've just completely watched the whole 10 seasons again now. And that did not, you know, it wasn't one a week. It was like 20 a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about favorite quotes. Do you have any quotes? I know this is always hard putting people on the spot, but are there any quotes that some of your coaches have given to you that have stayed with you? Anything that you personally, you know, um, keep with you when you're thinking about things or have you gone through tough times that you, you know, you look back on? Um, yeah, this sounds really bad, but there's one Muhammad Ali, there was a Muhammad Ali quote and I had it on my wall growing up and I can't even remember it now, but it was like, um, something about along the lines of digging deep now and live the rest of your life a champion, you know, um, kind of like putting in the work and you'll be rewarded in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Hang on a second. I'm going to Google it right now because I know the one you're talking about. And yeah. I was about to try and recite it. And I was like, I'm going to look like an idiot because I don't think I remember all of them either. So yeah. I know I can edit this out. So I'm going to make it okay. sound like I've killed it. 
Okay. Yeah, something like. Um, I know the one you're talking about. It's yeah. like suffer now. And um, the rest of your life a champion. As a champion, yes, yes. Um, doo, 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 doo. Uh, where is it? Yes. Okay. So here it is. And this is the part that everyone's going to hear except for the, <laughs> so it is, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Yeah. That's the one. And I mean, I wouldn't say that I hated every minute of training. Like I definitely did love training at times, but that kind of spoke to me on the level that if you're not loving it, just dig deep and you know, it will pay off. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, mate, when you look back on, on the career you've had and the things you've been able to achieve and the, the sort of experiences that you've, you've had, and obviously going over Florida was, um, you know, a massive experience that I think, as I said, not a lot of Aussies or, or Kiwis that, you know, stay in their own club, uh, you know, pools get to, to know about. And obviously you got that, which was fantastic and going to Com games. You know, how do you look back on your career? Um, yeah, I think it kind of played out. I mean, it was kind of like played out how it was going to play out, you know, like, um, when I was, whenever I was injured, um, it took time to, you know, in my middle, in the middle of my experience at Florida, you know, that could have been it for me, but, but I wasn't ready to quit. So that's when I dug deep and kept going. And, and then I ended up having one of my better years on the other side, like my better experiences on the other side. So I'm pretty happy with the way my career turned out. Um, my, I think I finished on a good note. I had a good, really good last year in Florida, dropped a couple seconds in my 200 free. It was awesome. Having the experience to go to the Commonwealth Games was amazing. And, and that was something that I'd always wanted to do. Um, you know, there's always the fact that I didn't go to the Olympics, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be sad about that, but I'm okay with the way my career played out. You know, it was, I had a really amazing career and I enjoyed so much of it. Mate, I absolutely agree with you. And I had said this before off air and I'll say it again on air, still only young. And uh, if, if, if the sport has taught us anything at the moment, it's that age and all that sort of stuff really doesn't mean a thing. It's all about, you know, the desire and the, and the want to, to achieve. So there's still more than enough opportunities if the itch ever starts to <laughs> come around to, to dive back in. But uh, I want to thank you very much for agreeing to come on for a chat. I know you're busy with work and, um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm very um, grateful that you were able to find some time and I met your dog that's wandering around. <laughs> the background. So thank you very much for coming on for a chat. Um, I definitely think, you know, as you mentioned that you, you overcame and you achieved a lot in your career. And I think it's a lot of learning and, and lessons to take away from people uh, that listen to the show. Um, good luck with everything going on uh, with the business and don't do too much wine tasting because <laughs> work seems to be less productive. But uh, until we chat again, mate, which I know we will, because I definitely want to keep in touch and get your thoughts around the team and and how things are going looking into, you know, Tokyo 2021. Thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by Nico and our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. A huge week of interviews still to come this week with many, many more inspiring women coming your way here on the podcast. They're ready to share their story, so do not miss a minute of the action.
Until tomorrow, guys, be kind to one another. Keep smiling. And it's bye for now.